Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Stolen by Ehlers to Wheeler, back to Ehlers, scores! Kyle Connor has the Midas touch right now! And another outstanding stop by Connor Hellebuck! Check the shoot, score! Oh, what a slick move by Mark Sipley! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. I am your host, Tyler Esquivel, joined by 680 CJOB's Jamie Thomas, alongside with Mitchell Clinton of Jets TV. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time. Episode number 92 here. got lots on tap, including an interview with Sportsnet's Hunter Ryan Singh. He sat down with Mitchell Clinton to chat about his uh, career as a broadcaster and so much more. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first and foremost, let's talk about the 4-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks, Jamie. Your thoughts uh, from the press box? Uh, well, it had to happen eventually, right? When you have a, a winning streak of the like, um, that becomes, I wouldn't say bulletin board material, but the team is eventually going to get tired of hearing about it. And the Canucks uh, had kind of righted the ship with their three-game winning streak against the Ottawa Senators. Yes, it's the Ottawa Senators, but you start feeling good. And then, man, that speed they had. Their, their two-man forecheck was something else. They had great sticks eventually you're going to have a tough night and the Jets had a tough night. Couldn't had a hard time getting out of their own end. Uh, the only, I guess the one way you can look at it is the, the Adam Lowry line continue to drive play. Connor Hellebuck was uh, unreal to the second and third periods when, when Vancouver really took it over, but it's just, it's one night Vancouver played really well. Just didn't do it so well themselves. Yeah. The Jets, not a lot of puck luck in that one. I think Adam Lowry talked about it on Sunday after practice, you know, he went down for that shorthanded breakaway and, uh, from where I was sitting in the game, I thought Demko got a pad on it and just stuffed him. But, you know, he had him beat pretty cleanly and it just rolled off the end of his stick. And I think there were a few other plays like that throughout the game. Mitchell, the top six forwards, how have you seen them play this season? Obviously on practice or at practice on Sunday, Paul Marie switching the center, switching the wingers, however you want to look at it. Uh, Mark Shifley between Andrew Kopp and Nikolai Ehlers and then Blake Wheeler along with Kyle Connor on the outside of Paul Stasny. I think I have that right. Yes. Uh, Mitch, what Boom. do you see from the shakeup and how do you see it going ahead? Well, the first thing that I would say to that is nothing's permanent. That's the main thing to keep in mind. I thought Adam Lowry actually said it quite, quite well on Sunday when he said, you know, this could last a period. It could last a game. It could last a few months. So um, you're never uh, committed to something full full time all the time for the rest of the regular season. And plus like that, that cop Stasty Ehlers line is something that Paul Maurice can go back to. I mean, they were analytically very good throughout uh, the, their stretch together. Um, and I think, you know, prior to the Canucks game, they had combined for something like 20 points over the course of a three game stretch, which is incredible numbers. So yeah, like that's something that they can go back to. However, uh, you take a look at Connor Wheeler Shifley when they were together you know, they would have kind of this, at least analytically, this up and down kind of, you know, they would be real good one night and then just it wouldn't go for them the next. They'd come back real strong and then it would kind of drop down a little bit again. You know, so I think, you know, obviously we know that that group has a, a whole lot of talent, a whole lot of skill and has done some fantastic things for the Winnipeg Jets. And again, could be a look that Paul Maurice goes back to. But for now, you know, I think one thing that this does is it rewards Andrew Kopp. Uh, for how he's been playing, but it's not even just like, Hey, you're getting some points. So, you know, here's, you know, go up on the wing with Mark Shifley. It's that Andrew Kopp's game can help Mark Shifley and Mark Shifley's game can, can help Andrew Kopp. And, 
you know, you throw Nikolai Ehlers on his off wing there, which has been a, just a fantastic spot for him ever since he went there. And I think you've got a lot of, uh, you've got skill on that line. You've got speed on that line. You've got uh, defensive presence on that line. But that defensive presence, if you will, with Andrew Kopp has also been putting the puck in the net for the Winnipeg Jets, which is also important. So I think there's there's lots to like about that line. And then I've been curious about putting Blake Wheeler and, and Paul Stastny together. Obviously, I'm not on the coaching staff, so I can't be banging on the doors or anything to, to give my suggestion. I mean, you're just, you're just not in the bubble, Mitch. I mean, if you were, you'd be banging too. on that yeah. door. We, we know a guy inside the bubble that can do this for us. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I I'm just be curious about handsomely. it because... Yeah, I'm right. just curious about it because like that's a group that, you know, and Wheeler and Stastny that played together in Germany during the lockout in 2012. So obviously it's, you know, and they're good friends. So I think there's there's something to that. And then you add the speed of Kyle Connor to that to that wing. And I think it changes how other teams have to look at that line. So I'm intrigued by it and also uh, happy with the fact that they were able to keep Perot, Lowry and Appleton together because against Vancouver, I mean, they were they were standout good. So long story short, some things to like with this lineup shuffle. Absolutely. And like you said, nothing is permanent. And I find it so hilarious that, you know, going into Saturday's game against the Canucks, all the talk is, well, where does Pierre-Luc Dubois slot in? You can't break <laughs> up Ehlers, Kopp, and Stasny. You, you can't do that. And then, you know, you lose 4-1. You're like, oh, well, we better change up the lines here. We better, yeah. <laughs> two days so, later. You know, two days later. So anyway, <laughs> we shall see where Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, slots in. But that is a story for another podcast. Uh, speaking of old reliable here, Derek Forbort and Neil Pionk, the the Minnesota Monsters. I don't know if we want to give them some sort of nickname. Uh, <laughs> I Jamie, like it. I'll I like leave that. that to you. You're more of a creative <laughs> type in that regard. Uh, what have you thought of this pairing? I think they've been steady Eddie back there. Very reliable for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, the only pairing that hasn't been touched, right, since the beginning part of the season. I I, I think you can count on them in, in many aspects. The, the only time I've ever seen Derek Forbort really – uh, struggle, I guess, in terms of foot speed is against the Maple Leafs and then last night against the, the Vancouver Canucks. And that is the only hole I've ever seen in in this this pairing together. But they they move the puck well. They defend well. So like with Paul Maurice, I think that's your most reliable setup as you move uh, defensive pairings around. And I know Paul was asked about if there's going to be some changes to the defense pairings as well. And that's the one I'm not touching. I, I think that those two are going to be beside each other the rest of the way. They do a great job. Uh, I know Derek Forbert's mainly responsible for penalty killing. Neil Pionk is the second power play uh, quarterback, so uh, I'm not touching that that unit whatsoever. They've been fantastic, and it's uh, it's amazing the chemistry they've developed in the off season and how it's carried over into the into the regular season. Yeah, really interesting how just that off season chemistry that was developed over you know several months of practice has translated to yeah. the game. And, and like you said, I, I'd like to see that pairing stick together as we move forward. Mitchell, our last topic before we get to your interview with Harner Ryan, uh, Mason Appleton, he scores his first goal of the season. Uh, the lone goal against the Canucks uh, was quite a ripper from the high, uh, high circle there. Uh, what have your, what have you thought about his game? He's obviously sitting second on the team and shot a 10 percentage at 59.3, a very strong indicator that you're having a good year. He seems to have really taken a step this season. Yeah. And it just, I think it's just a guy that's playing with another year of confidence under his belt. And I mean, uh, you pair him with with Adam Lowry, who is another uh, standout for the Jets in terms of shot at 10 percentage this season. And I think you're going to see some good things. And Appleton's a guy that's always had that that speed. He's a guy that can get in on the on the forecheck and do a lot of great work kind of below the dots. And that's what I think makes him work so well alongside Adam Lowry is 
you know, Lowry's a guy that can work the cycle and, you know, really grind uh, the opposition down. Appleton's a, a guy that can do that, just maybe in a little bit of a different way. And he's got the speed to be able to keep up. And you add Matthew Perot in on that, and you got three guys that are real good in terms of possession. So I think, you know, number one, I think it's confidence. You know, when he was asked leading into the Vancouver uh, Canucks game about, you know, the offense that Adam Lowry's putting up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you always wonder if, if the guy's sitting there, you know, talking about a teammate that obviously he likes. And then he goes, you know what, I got to I got to get myself on the board here. And then he just absolutely <laughs> wires this wrist shot that was unreal. Um, ends up being the Jets only goal of the game. But uh, I think we're just kind of scratching the surface with what Mason Appleton uh, can bring. And I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of steps he can continue to take throughout this season. Yep. Just another year of experience, definitely shining through with Mason Appleton this season so far. All right. Interview time. Harner Ryan saying, Mitchell, I'll let you introduce this one as you had the chance to chat with him. Yeah. I mean, he's worked over 700 games for hockey night in Canada, uh, Punjabi, but as many of you like may recall earlier this season, he worked his first English broadcast as play-by-play commentator. Now he'd been doing some ringside reporting uh, in English for a few years, but this was a big step to do play-by-play in English. Uh, it was great to have him uh, tell his story, and the fact that the Edmonton Oilers were involved in his first game made it even more special. So uh, we hope you enjoy our chat with Harner Ryan Singh. Hey, this is Nathan Beaulieu, and you're watching Ground Control, official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. We're honored on Ground Control to be joined by Harner Ryan Singh, who obviously is a name that... Uh, a lot of hockey fans will remember, if not from Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi, also for the uh, the start of the season and the memorable start of the season that he had, uh, calling his first uh, English broadcast for Sportsnet on Hockey Night in Canada. Harder Ryan, first off, thanks for taking the time. Uh, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, my pleasure to be here, uh, Mitchell. So the first question would be, you have a, a historical moment for yourself and, and even for, you know, a guy that, that grew up in, in Alberta, you're, you're a guy that loves the game of hockey. How did you find out that you would be doing the, the English broadcast of play-by-play for your first game? Um, I can just imagine it's like accomplishing a dream come true at that point. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, given the situation with COVID, uh, because of that, I actually didn't find out too far in advance, just, uh, just a few days beforehand. And I was, I was stunned. I was uh, speechless, but I was stoked as well. This is a, something I'd been hoping for, for, for a long time. And, and to get the news that it was, it was finally going to happen. It was, it was really special. There's a fantastic video of your, your two kids. You mentioned both under five reacting to seeing you on camera for that Oilers and Canucks game. Just as a dad, what was it like to, to see that? And when did you see it? Yeah, they surprised me. Uh, my wife and my colleague on Hockey Night Punjabi, uh, Amrit Gill. So they both kind of teamed up to do this. And uh, I had no idea. And I saw it uh, because I was on the English broadcast. So I didn't see it there, but they aired it on the Punjabi broadcast in a story. <laughs> and so I saw it after the fact. And it was you know, it made me emotional watching it because it brought me back to my childhood too. And, uh, you know, growing up such a big hockey fan and later on in life told that it would be impossible for someone like myself to be a part of it. Now to see my kids and their reaction, it's, it's such a Canadian moment in that sense Mm -hmm. too, right? They, my kids love hockey, but they are, they're seeing women, they're seeing diversity, and they're seeing people from their community as a part of the game. It's huge. It, it is just absolutely huge for them to be able to see that. And 
and it was a really it was a really special moment something i won't forget yeah and you mentioned like the representation part of it uh, you know there was an outpouring of support for you afterwards uh whether it's from colleagues or just hockey fans in general uh you've said in previous interviews that representation matters you faced a lot of people like you said who kind of told you you know maybe you should find something else to do uh but you wanted to be a hockey commentator just like you know, so many Canadian kids, how does it feel to be part of that representation now? Yeah, it's, it's a huge honor. It's a thrill. Um, it's, it's amazing to be able to open the doors for others. And that's probably been one of the most rewarding experiences of doing this is when I, when I talk to other youth and, and, you know, get comments from them saying that we never would have envisioned our, you know, being able to be a part of mainstream media but now that you've made it, it it gives us hope and and that's it's so important i think i think that you know the face of canada has changed a lot in the last few decades and we you want to have media represent that and and the and the reason why it's so important is because that's the only way to make diversity normal um and it and it also uh, brings us together in terms of it. It shows that power that sport has, especially here in in Canada with the sport of hockey. There's so many relationships and so much rapport with other people, friendships that I wouldn't have had had it not been for hockey. And and it and it changed my experiences growing up as a visible minority in Southern Alberta in in a positive way, right? And I probably would have had a very drastically different experience had it not been for hockey so that's why it's so important and that's why it's a thrill for me to be a part of it because uh, I know how much hockey gave me in my life especially in my childhood and and I want to be able to kind of give back and this is this has been a really great way to give back is is to inspire others you know when hockey night in Canada in Punjabi came out I think I've, I've read it that you kind of thought it was like people were curious off the yeah. start. And then one of the things that obviously people will remember is the Nick Benino goal call in 2016. That kind of, do you feel that that played kind of a, a big role in changing the mindset of the sports world? It really brought us to the forefront in a way we had never been able to uh, achieve beforehand. Um, you know, I think by that time, because Hockey Night Punjabi had been around since 2008. And so this is uh um, you know, a long time coming, but that moment, the Benino call, uh, it, it kind of pushed us into the greater hockey world, uh, you know, the United States and beyond. And, and it was, it was such an unbelievable, it wasn't just the call. It was what happened afterwards being asked to come to be a part of the Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley cup championship parade and a cult following in Pittsburgh and for standing in front of 400,000 fans. And, um, you know, it was, it was just surreal. And, you know, there's so many moments I wrote a book in the fall called one game at a time. And I, I get to talk about all those moments in detail where Mario Lemieux giving me a hug and saying, I'm a part of Pittsburgh Penguins history. And just, just, you know, surprising the players in the dressing room and talking to Sidney Crosby, developing this lifelong bond and relationship with Nick Benino himself, who's such a great guy. His wife's from St. Albert, Alberta, which is a, a great little connection that we have too. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it really brought us to the forefront in terms of also um, media attention too. Like, you know, it was, you know, HBO, it was, you name it. It was, it was kind of, we were everywhere. And um, and that was, it was significant, I would say in terms of getting myself and my colleagues at Hockey Night Punjabi more opportunities within the mainstream world. 
it's interesting you mentioned St. Albert. I've got my wife's family has, or at least has some family out in St. Albert. So very nice. familiar place to me. Um, we mentioned your kids earlier, you know, you were once that age, you know, growing up in, in Brooks, Alberta. I know I realized personally my passion uh, for the game I played, obviously minor hockey, all that kind of fun stuff, but my passion was on the reporting side and I definitely dabbled in some play-by-play. So I'm curious if you were like me and had something that, you know, was your microphone and you were calling games when you were a little kid. You can see it behind me here. My my sister kept it. And there's a yes. yellow and black toy microphone from Radio Shack that my parents got me when I was a kid because I was so kind of fascinated and trying to emulate the announcers. And so I used that thing. It was one of my favorite toys. And I had a whole entire imaginary world um, where I would call hockey games, act out the players, but I was also doing the media stuff, you know, the, the coaches and the GM and then asking the questions as media, answering them and just acting out all parts that you would see in a hockey broadcast. And, um, it was pretty specific. Like I had my toy cars and they would line up for, as a parking lot. I had fictitious characters, uh, and, and I would act out this whole entire world. And so we grew up in Brooks, Alberta is where, is where my parents were teachers. And then my sisters went to school university in Calgary. And so we would come to Calgary on the weekends. And so my, the Calgary, uh, the place where my sisters were saying that would be the away arena and the, and the Brooks was the home arena. And it was just, yeah. So I acted out all of those. Um, and that, that's kind of where like the obsession for hockey just continued to grow and grow. And the hockey card collection was probably unrivaled, you know, between all my classmates and I, and it, it was a, it was a special childhood in that sense, especially growing up in the eighties when the Oilers and the flames were really good teams and Gretzky was there. And so you were surrounded by it anyhow. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a fun, uh, a fun experience because of hockey. Um, because, you know, otherwise at school, there was a lot of differences between my classmates and I, I was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the only very few visible minorities in this small town at 10,000, the only kid with a turban. And, uh, you know, we were vegetarian, uh, listened to different music, spoke Punjabi at home. So, uh, hockey was the common ground that helped me. That's amazing to hear. And, you say the Oilers and you say the eighties and Jets fans will start to cringe as I'm I sure was you gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> what was it about that? Uh, those Oilers teams that you loved? Well, you know, it, it had to do with number 99 and uh, Wayne Gretzky was just the perfect ambassador for the game. I, I reflect back on it. And I'm, so my, my parents did this amazing job of making my siblings and I totally fluent in Punjabi as well. And we were learning, scriptures for the sick faith and and it was you know it talked about abandoning your ego and being respectful and, and it was like it was weird because I'm here I'm seeing Gretzky and he's the best player in the world but he was kind of he was he had those characteristics right he was always respectful to his parents especially his dad Walter then he was so respectful and giving credit to Gordie Howe and his teammates and and everything and so it, it was great to watch Gretzky and see him break all those records. And then when he switched from the Oilers to Kings, immediately we switched as well. And all of our, our all of our memorabilia just switched from Kings to Blues to Rangers and um, some pretty, pretty amazing moments of following him around as fans. And uh, there, yeah, there's a whole chapter called Wayne's World in the book too, about that obsession and the lengths that we went to uh, when we were kids. 
and you mentioned the book. I got to give you an opportunity to talk about it. Uh, your book, One Game at a Time, My Journey from Small Town Alberta to Hockey's Biggest Stage was released in the fall. How much joy did you take in writing that? Such a special moment. Um, and, you know, for for my family and I, and, and I think, you know, all the hardships, my great grandfather came in the early 1900s, my parents came in the 60s. And to be able to, I don't think they ever would have imagined that their story would be told as well, you know, and to have it all in a book and then, and then where where the passion for hockey began, but then all of the trials, tribulations, the struggles of growing up, uh, being different in Southern Alberta too. And then having it all culminate into uh, the dream coming to fruition. And it's, it's really about, it's a story about defying the odds, uh, but it's a, it's a great Canadian story because it, it really shows the power of hockey and a, a lot of fun hockey stories. And there are a lot of kind of behind the scene details of the broadcast world too. And um, so, it, you know, it, it's, it's such a special um, a significant moment to be able to write a book about your own life, but where I am in my life, I never would have imagined I would be asked to write a book at this stage, but, uh, lo and behold, here it is. And, uh, it, yeah, it's really significant, really special. It's on my list of books to read. And, awesome. uh, finally one non-hockey related question for you. I was listening to your, uh, chat with, uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on 31 thoughts, the holiday episode and learned you're a big chai tea drinker. Uh, so I'm curious, is there a special signature recipe you have that I can borrow for a cold evening in Manitoba? Yeah, definitely. You want to use some cardamom. Um, you want to use some ginger in there. Uh, you want to throw some cinnamon as well, fennel seed. So you boil all that good stuff. Um, and with your, whatever, whatever tea bag you're using and boil that for a good 10, 15 minutes. And then if you want to add milk, uh, if you can, it, I think it helps on a cold day, like you're saying, and and uh, there you have it. I like to add honey as well. Uh, but those are kind of my go-to uh, ingredients. And it's good for the throat too, if you're a commentator and a media member where we just talk all day long. So it's a, that, there's a, a number of benefits, but that's kind of my go-to stuff in my chai tea. Great tip and uh, great stories as well, Harner Ryan. I really uh, appreciate your time and uh, the fact that you were able to join us on the Ground Control Podcast. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Thank you so much to Harner Ryan Singh for his time. That was a great interview with Mitchell. All right. Uh, lastly, shout out to Dan on Twitter. You know who you are. Uh, you reached out to <laughs> Mitchell, myself, and Jamie saying, hey, you guys should interview Harner Ryan. And uh, we did. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. And we uh, listened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So looking ahead, uh, four games against the Calgary Flames. I Oof. think we are aware of the challenges that lie ahead for the Winnipeg Jets. But Jamie, why don't you just refresh everybody about what the Jets are about to face? Well, I think, you know, you, you saw a team that lost three in a row. And, and the way this season is going, it caused a lot of fan bases to, to lose their minds. Uh, it, the Flames were having some issues. Uh, they went up against some pretty hard teams. And the, and the Toronto Maple Leafs and the, and the Montreal Canadiens had that, that players-only meeting and then came out and played oh so well against the, the Canadiens uh, Saturday night in Montreal. But I think first and foremost – Let's have this. Like Jacob Markstrom has been tremendous. Uh, they have not had a goaltender of Mika Kiprasov's uh, status 
since Kiprasov retired. So to have Markstrom play as well as he has, has been incredible. And apparently he's been a great guy in the dressing room. Chris Tanev has been another great addition uh, in the offseason from the Vancouver Canucks, really stabilizing the back end. And then you just have, you know, the, the top six you already know about. And then they have the one issue that's going on in, in Calgary, and it kind of comes at a bad time, is uh, Sam Bennett has reportedly asked for a trade. So that is an issue that the Flames are going to have to deal with. And you, who knows if that gets dealt with in, in the four days coming up here. But uh, the Flames are a handful. Uh, they've got a red hot goaltender right now. But I, I mean, listen, in four games, so many different things can happen. But at least you're having the same team, none of these one offs that the, the uh, Jets just had to deal with. And the Jets are coming off three consecutive days off or in terms of not playing a game. So uh, Flames will be a handful, but I think the Jets are going to be better prepared and have a good matchup against this hockey club. Excellent. And going forward, uh, we're not sure how the roster is going to shake out. There could be some movement. One of the names that's kind of intriguing is Cole Perfetti. He's joined the taxi squad. He's got, you know, half a week's worth of practices under his belt. Uh, he's watching the games. He was at the game on Saturday against the Canucks. Mitch, what have you seen from Cole Perfetti? And how do you think the Jets utilize him going forward? Well, a guy, uh, I mean, that's probably the thing that stood out to me most is he's a guy that's willing to put the work in. Like, you know, you talk about how uh, in the meat and potatoes of, a, of an NHL season, you know, your practices are 30, 40 minutes. He went out uh, the first day that he was called up for his first practice, skated for an hour with the group and then skated for another hour with the taxi squad. So nice. Welcome to the NHL. Here's a two hour skate. Um, but I, what I've really liked so far, and I think it's it stood out with a lot of the interviews that he's done is the attitude that he has, you know, he's like, if I get a first NHL game or I don't get a game this year, this is all a huge learning opportunity for me. He talked about, you know, coming in on that first day, seeing everybody, you know, in the training room, in the gym, you know, getting treatment, doing everything that they possibly can to get their body ready to be their best on the ice. And he said, that's going to be something that stands out to him. I've also seen him on the ice kind of have chats with, with Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Paul Maurice, and, he seems to be fitting in really well and he's just soaking up absolutely everything that he can. And, and I mean, if you're him and this season, if, if it was a, a normal say hockey season, there's a, there's a chance that he probably ends up, you know, back in, in the OHL with, with Saginaw, just maybe a similar path of Mark Shifley. And so he's playing a lot of games and that's a really good thing, but there's no Ontario hockey league right now. So he's getting the chance to be around, you know, these professionals, whether he's, you know, with the Manitoba Moose, like he started the, the training camp down with them, or if he's, you know, at the NHL level on the taxi squad or whatever comes next for Cole Perfetti, he's using this opportunity to its absolute most. And I think that's the biggest thing that we can see uh, from Cole Perfetti so far. What does it mean going forward? You know, obviously, like we said, you know, a lot, lots of things can change. So we'll keep an eye out to see if uh, number 91 continues to get on the ice with the Winnipeg Jets, but something intriguing to watch for sure. Great number 91, by the way. Also, yeah. adjusting our trivia, <laughs> we have another number 91 <laughs> that we talked about. Uh, one last thought on Cole Perfetti, Jamie. And this is this is a, it's a tough question to ask because have you ever seen somebody so refreshing in terms of their perspective coming into an NHL camp? All of these hockey players that come through, whether it's Winnipeg Jets or any other team, you know, that they all carry themselves a certain mm -hmm. way. But, but Cole seems to be kind of standing in a league of his own in terms of just how respectful he seems to be present. And not that the other guys aren't, but I just no. think Cole really 
showcases that part of himself. You know, even just referring to Mr. Sheveldayov called me. You know, yes. I remember when I when I met Kevin Sheveldayov for the first time, he introduced himself to me as Chevy. So yeah, it, it's just it's such a it's such an interesting balance of of like just how Cole has carried himself in these first few weeks. Yeah, he's kind of got that ah shucks thing going on uh, right now with the Winnipeg Jets. And if the best comparison I can go with is there were high expectations for Jordan Everly when he was drafted by the Edmonton Oilers, a Regina kid. I remember him in a couple of camps, very uh, down to earth, just a great kid, ready to absorb everything, but not at this level that Cole Perfetti is. And I think, you know, the fact that Mitch just touched upon it, he doesn't know where he's going to be this year. And the fact that he's been given this opportunity to skate with professionals a lot longer than you ordinarily would, I can, I can see why he's all wide-eyed and excited about it because he would be doing nothing right now if the Jets didn't give him this opportunity. So there's a lot of his teammates in the, in the Ontario Hockey League that wish they had the same opportunity. And I, I really appreciate the honesty and the, the humbleness that Cole Perfetti has displayed as a guy that was drafted 10th overall, it's not just like a first round pick. He's a high end first round pick. So it's, it's been refreshing to see, but the best thing I can come up with is Jordan Everly when his early days with the Edmonton Oilers. Right. Well, we shall see how that all shakes out and uh, perhaps we'll talk about it on the next episode of ground control. On behalf of myself, Mr. Esquivel, Mr. Clinton and Mr. Thomas, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thanks. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com. <laughs>